Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to get green. Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser are here. All natural, no pesticides, no artificial ingredients. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. It is Doug Oster. It is Jessica Walliser. It is the Organic Gardeners. And it is your opportunity to phone in right now and join them. 866-391-1020. It is also your chance to win a $25 gift certificate from the amazing folks out in Wexford that is Sorgles if you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020. But the idea of the show is to get all of those questions answered. So I highly urge you to start dialing now, 866-391-1020. Good morning. I'm Doug Oster from Everybody Gardens and the Tribune Review. And I'm horticulturist Jessica Walliser. Jessica brought me a present today. He did. A big bag of cucumbers. You're a happy camper because you didn't grow any cucumbers. I didn't this even year. didn't even start. start well, I can I hook your, you up. <laughs> I had I had your seeds sitting there, your silver slicer seeds. I just never got in the ground. Well, I can I can hook you up this year because for some reason I uh I mean I always overplant cucumbers, but but you must have pollinators like crazy. I I have a ton of pollinators. Those little native bees love those cucumber flowers, which is terrific. And I did bring you a couple of. Little extra tomatoes yeah, too for a bonus. I was talking about you uh, on Friday. I was a guest on a show on Wisconsin Public Radio. We were talking about my new book, um, Gardener's Guide to Compact Plants, and we were talking about tomatoes. And I was talking about sun gold and how I wish somebody would come up with a dwarf version mm-hmm. of sun gold that you could grow in a container or oh, that would be a good idea. On a, on a, and I was mentioned to him about how you, that would make your wife very, very happy. Because isn't that her favorite tomato, That's her too? favorite tomato, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's seriously got to be 10 foot tall right now <laughs> growing up this trellis. I mean, it's just flopping over. Uh, but speaking of tomatoes, Uh-oh, what? squirrels. That's squirrels. What's, after my, you know... I caught a rabbit and then I caught a groundhog. I didn't even know I had a groundhog <laughs> in the garden. You know, so he's in the trap, you know. It was just being... I just put one little bean <laughs> leaf in there from the plant you know just, uh-huh, and, uh-huh. and he had the whole bean patch to eat but no he had he went in the trap and well that was lucky all right so i'm like okay good got all now, the yeah everything's good now i can have beans and, t- and i come walking in and this squirrel just goes running out of the garden and i looked down at my early girl plants and there's two tomatoes that he's just been nibbling on the actual tomatoes you know, what do you do about a squirrel? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can catch them, too, with sunflower seeds in one of the live traps. Yeah, I, I have more squirrels than... Peanuts actually really work Yeah, well. I mean, I know I could catch them, but yeah. how do you know which squirrel is eating? You know, <laughs> when you I mean, live in you, an oak forest, yeah. <laughs> you could be catching squirrels all day yeah, and all night. Actually, yeah. what I did is I just threw tomatoes into the live trap, figuring, hey, if it's something that wants tomatoes, maybe not every squirrel wants tomatoes. Right. Trap's still open. Right. Oh, geez. We <laughs> had a, off the plant. We have a squirrel that marauds our blueberry patch, and he crawls. We have like eight blueberry bushes along the vegetable garden fence, and he climbs along the edge and just stands there and 
eats the plants, eats the blueberries right off the plant. It's actually mm. quite humorous to watch, except that he's yeah, eating oh, that's my, real funny. my blueberries. Uh, and I did find one, because I, I have an issue with some animal in my garden as well. Not quite as destructive as yours, but uh, I grew these um, red hot uh, cherry bomb peppers. Mm-hmm. And the, I had been waiting and waiting for one of them to turn red. It finally turned red. And the next thing you know, I go out the next morning and there is the red cherry bomb uh. pepper on the ground with teeth marks in it. But it's well, fully yeah, intact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I only got so far. <laughs> I, think, I think it sampled it and was like, whoa, forget that. And it hasn't gone after any of the peppers since. So I think I maybe you, it learned I, let's. I bet lesson. you that's a squirrel. Could they be. want something red. They want something yeah. red, and they don't even really like tomatoes and certainly didn't enjoy that hot pepper. Yeah, yeah. So we all have the, the lesson here for listeners is we all have issues with one animal or another. Uh, well, let's just say, let's just say we all have issues. Yeah, well, and I <laughs> we think it, not, that's not that kind of radio show here today. This morning, We all so, have issues. Yeah. And, uh, and I know that you were at Phipps recently oh, man, and I, saw something yeah, spectacular. I, I texted you a picture. Uh, our friend Paul Wigman and, and Jessica and Paul were the original organic gardeners. They worked together. Uh, he does a lot of photography at Phipps, and they've got his pictures up. He went out and photographed all these flowers that inspired Van Gogh because the show that's on there right now is called Van Gogh in Bloom. And I was looking at these pictures. I thought they took his pictures and, like, painted them. But they're actually the pictures. They look like paintings. They're they're in the Welcome Center. You should go see Van, Van Gogh in Bloom. I'm doing a fun video there. Uh, I finally made this happen where they have paintings from Van Gogh and then uh, Jordan Molino, uh, she designs the shows. She, you know, interpreted the painting and makes it into the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wanted to hear from her, but I also wanted to hear from somebody who was an expert on Van Gogh. So I have a curator from the Frick. Nice. And interviewed her. She had such, you know, I know Van Gogh paintings are really cool and I love them and they're beautiful, but she was able to kind of... Like quantify art, you know what I mean? It was really cool. So that's a video that's coming up. But his his pictures to complement the show, and I luckily got to see him there at Phipps and tell him that I was just blown away by him. I, it's just, and then uh, the woman, Jess Levo, who does the videos with me, I said, you've got to go look at these photos. And she was blown away too. You know, In fact, everybody I saw in the, in the conservatory that knew me, I'm like, go downstairs on your way out and look at these <laughs> photos because... They are really stunning. When I when this video runs, I'm going to have to do a little story about it because it's it's really moving work. It's it's if you look at a photo and you can't tell if it's a photo or a painting. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, that's amazing. So, have you watered yet? Uh, my containers. I haven't yeah. gotten into the garden yet. I was uh, I worked in the garden most of the day yesterday, and I was out in our front garden on the driveway, and it is it is starting to get very dry out there. But thankfully, all of the plants that I have planted in that front garden are fairly drought tolerant, so they'll be able to go probably another four or five days if we don't get rain before I'll have to bring out the hose. I try not to water uh, if possible because I just you know, don't like wasting that resource if I don't have to, but I don't want my garden to die, obviously. And you're having a great season, right? I'm having an excellent season. What did your mom say about my, your plants? <laughs> my mom was in, we went to the Queen concert last week and she came into town for a couple of days. You are a champion. Right? I am a champion um, and I'm going to rock you, right? But anyway, so we were at the concert and but before that, she came to the house, we went out to the garden and she said, oh my gosh, everything is giant. It's giant. It's so big. She's like, your giant sun, my, my sunflowers are 
they're huge. They got to be eight foot tall at least. And oh, how about a Tithonia? Are you, like Tithonia, tithonia good? yeah. The, the surprisingly is the one in the front that the deer didn't. The deer only ate the back half of it. They didn't eat the front half. So my Tithonia is huge and beautiful. I have a big old banana tree out in the front yard that's big. I've got these. My bean towers are the lushest that they have ever been, and they're like seven feet tall. It's crazy. It's all that rain. Crazy. Yep. You I'm know, not going to complain. <laughs> Things are growing good. And the, again, the tomatoes, you know, uh, for me are just, you know, because I don't have the full sun, that's why they're stretching. But <laughs> I've never had t- tomatoes like this. And I was doing a live Facebook thing there and, and showing off the tomatoes. And people are just like, mine don't look that. Yeah, yeah. If you have your tomatoes a nice full sun, they're going to be stocky and they're not going to be. 10 feet tall falling over the the trellis but geez what a year you can't complain about this as a gardener although when i was writing about it i was like fungal diseases rabbits groundhogs squirrels deer and bad bugs you know some people would say why do you bother but then you go out in the garden you sit there for a little bit mine is just like filled with just all these flowers and it's just wonderful Ladies and gentlemen, a <laughs> little kumbaya moment there. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to congratulate Frank from Dormont right now, the winner of that $25 gift certificate from Sorgles. And when we come back, we're going to be going from Cannonsburg to Paris, PA, to talk to some of their fans and get some gardening questions answered. This Bonjour. Is the, this is the organic... Don't be tough on me today. Uh, we've got lots more to come. Stay with us on KDK Radio. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. Lots of calls. Time to go to work with Doug and Jess on the Organic Gardeners. First stop, Cannonsburg. Here's Dan on KDK Radio. Hey, Dan. Hi. Good morning. Morning, um, Dan. <laughs> hey, I'm an endless summer uh, hydrangea, and uh, it's growing good. It's about five, six feet tall. But I got no flowers. Dan, it's the number one garden question for Doug and Jess. And you, all I'd like to say, Dan, is you and me both. I have a huge endless summer right by my front door, and there is nary a bloom in sight on that thing. You know, Jess always says, if you've got a plant that lasts three years and doesn't do what you want it to do, you got to get rid of it. And I told that to my Nico Blue uh, hydrangea. Well, that year it bloomed, but it hasn't bloomed since. Right. I scared it into blooming. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, well, this, is, this is, I planted this one last year, so. So it's probably only in the second year where it's this year it really it's supposed to bloom though yeah endless summer is the type of hydrangea it's been bred to bloom on both old and new wood so it is supposed to be a more reliable bloomer i will say this about endless summer is it's sort of notorious in my garden for very late season blooms so sometimes it's not doesn't flower until september um, it's supposed to flower twice, once in the summer and then once again in the fall. But sometimes the buds get um, get uh, frosted out, Those the ones that are supposed to bloom early in the season, and it only gets that late season bloom. So if you can keep the deer away from it, there's still a chance that it might bloom if for you. If you could just back up a little bit and just oh. kind of go over how this works with uh, a hydrangea, because I think a lot of people have this question. And when you're talking old wood, new wood, what does that all mean? Yeah, so... A hydrangea macrophylla, which are the big pink and blue hydrangeas that form the big balls of flowers on there, um, they traditionally bloom on old wood. So the growth from this year 
holds the flower buds for next year. So those flower buds are what in they they're held in what look like dead sticks over the winter time. Um, and then in the spring, if those buds don't freeze out, that's what where will produce your flowers. A lot of times, unfortunately, they'll freeze out um, and they won't produce or people think they are dead and they'll prune off those stems and that's cutting off the blooms for that season. So the best pruning for those shrubs is not pruning at all. Um, just don't prune them. Um, and it's still, they're persnickety. Now ones like Endless Summer, which are bred to bloom on both wood that was produced the previous season and new wood that's produced in the current season, they're supposed to be a little bit more reliable. They certainly are in other climates, especially like maritime climates. If you get closer to the coast, New Jersey, up in New England, and there's like some they do beautiful. kind of newer endless summers, right? That are even are a little supposed, supposed to be Supposed to be even more reliable. Yeah, I haven't tried them myself, though. But there's some other hydrangeas that both of us grow that we know will bloom, you know, for me, I, I just, I love the Annabelle yep. hydrangea. I get to stick them in. I've got a whole shrub line of them and it's only been a couple of years. They're actually stopping my tomatoes. They're slowing down my tomatoes. Oh, geez. They're on the other side. Okay. They, and they are reliable. They bloom on new wood. You can cut them down to the ground and they will produce flowers the same season. But only, Those Annabelles only are great. that one. So they're, yep. Just take a look at, uh, there. there's a great uh, kind of description of all these different hydrangeas on the Proven Winners site. Uh, it's called Hydrangeas Demystified, and it'll just give you a lot of ideas on all the different hydrangeas and, and you know, getting ones that are more reliable bloomers. Let's say hello to Bill. Hey, Bill, you're up next, KDK Radio. How's it going? Bill, I'm looking forward to hearing how things went here. We're talking about uh, the yellow oxheart tomato. That's my question. I had no luck at all because the seed didn't come up. Now, I can't can't blame it on myself, which I usually do, but I plan, I also raised seven different Mm. others from seeds, and every one of them sprouted and came up. But my yellow oxhearts didn't, and I was very disappointed. Oh yeah, we but, talked about this early in the season. It's called Homer Fike's yellow oxheart. You got a plant, Jess? Do you remember? Did you put it in? Do you I know? did. I got no tomatoes on it oh, yet. Oh boy, this is a real winner. Uh, it doesn't sprout you, and it doesn't put tomatoes on. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's my question: Did you plant? Did you? I did. I did. I got. I got good germination. I gave some plants away. I gave some to Jess. Just uh, I, and I've got. I've got them in the garden. I just. I'll have to look at them. I don't know which is which. I've got them. I've got them marked down below. Do me, do me a favor and save some and and send me some. You got it. You got it. We'll take care of you. We'll try it again. How far away is How far away is Paris from Pittsburgh? I know it's a direct flight, but oh, it's it's not far at all. From it's about. Twenty minutes from. Uh, so if these if these from, seeds don't if these seeds don't sprout for you this year, I'll, I'll have plants for you. Okay, uh, we we gotta we gotta make this. Just send me the seeds because I I've will. never had this happen before. I will. I'll send you the seeds and we'll we'll hope for the best. Okay. Well, I thank you very much. Thanks, Bill. Good to talk to you. So no tomato. Uh, bye bye. Bye bye. No tomatoes on your uh, Homer Fikes. Yellow there might be tiny little ones oh, that boy. I haven't seen yet. They're kind of in the back of the garden. So this is to go look. This is the problem with you know, you fall in love with something in a catalog, right? You, you know, it sounds great. Somebody tells you it's fantastic. You know, my friend who runs the company who gave us the seeds—it's one of his favorites. 
But you never know how it's going to do in your garden. You never know how it's going to do in your area. And uh, I hope you get some tomatoes. I hope I get some tomatoes. I'll have to go look and see which one's which. It's all kind of a blur <laughs> out <laughs> in the garden. Yeah. Spring is a blur. Yeah, it's just like everything gets planted. It's growing. And it's uh, okay. You get the squirrels out of there. I have a rabbit. Uh, uh, disease. Uh, where's the Homer Fike yellow ox heart? Okay, enough about my life. <laughs> mm. All right. Uh, who's next? You tell me. How about Alex? Yeah, how about Alex? Let's say hi to Alex. Let's go Alex. back to hydrangeas. How you doing, Alex? Hey, Alex. Hey, good morning, guys. You know, I turned on a little late, and I hope I'm not repeating something, but uh, my wife has two uh, pink diamond hydrangeas, and they are probably 15 years old. They, are, they turn out beautifully every year, but the one gets this real tall conical flower on it, and the one that's not more than 10 feet away, same mulch bed, the flower's much, much smaller. Uh, it could be just a plant, but is there some fertilizer that would be uh, advantageous to uh, making that thing grow a little better? Yeah, so first of all, pink. We were when we were talking to the hydrangea person earlier, the pink diamond hydrangea, which is a hydrangea paniculata, which is a, it has like a conical bloom instead of a round bloom. It is an excellent, reliable bloomer. So this is a terrific hydrangea choice if you know you're having struggles with other uh, hydrangea varieties. So good, good on you on picking the pink, pink diamond because it's an excellent variety. Um, there, have they gotten the same? treatment and care pretty much through the landscape your your, your two different plants every year every same year thing. everything's the same one does one get more sun than the other no okay they're not more than 10 feet apart and they both get morning sun primarily are they the same size besides the flowers are they you know uh, generally yes one's a little, a little lower on the uh, landscape line but uh, if you were to stand next to them yes i'd say they're both the same size sounds like we're interrogating him yeah right <laughs> well here's the thing this is this is a hydrangea that's um vegetatively propagated which means it's a clone right so they take cuttings and they start a new plant from that so all of the flowers and the size of the blooms should be consistent however sometimes when you have an anomaly in in the soil um, nutrients that are available or in the level of sunlight that the plant receives that can cause the flower bloom size to be smaller it can cause the plant's overall growth to be smaller so I definitely in this case suspect that that's what's going on I would use an all-purpose granular organic fertilizer something like plant tone um, in the spring on that plant I would maybe not do it on the one that's already regularly sized um, the other thing you could do is test the soil around the plant that's stunted and see if you have either a nutrient deficiency or a nutrient excess and then um, follow the recommendations on the soil test all right thank you for the call we've got about a minute to the break anything you want to talk about real quick here well again we, we talk so much about hydrangeas because they're you know just that one little thing the macrophylla is it's just you know everybody grows it it's impossible not impossible but it's it's hard to get it to bloom but there's just so many other choices those panicle hydrangeas yeah. hydrangea paniculata panicle hydrangeas there's some right out here oh in, my gosh. in foster plaza when you're driving in we're yeah. driving in and looking at those and just like man they're just like of course they don't get any care they're just out there in, you know right. in an island but they're just like blooming like nuts just yeah, crazy they are and really the, I love the sort of conical shape of their flowers reliable bloomers and the a lot pink times, ones are gorgeous yeah, a lot of times they go from white to pink to almost red yeah 866-391-1020 we actually have a couple of lines open for the first time today with Doug and Jess if you want to jump in here and give us a call 
Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. You know what we're going to do right now? We're going to give somebody the opportunity to win a $25 gift certificate from Janoski's if they are the 10th caller. And that number is 412-922-1020. Right back to the busy phones. First stop, Evan City. Here's Susan on the air with Doug and Jess, KDK Radio. Hey, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Um, I have two questions. I'll ask those and then I'll hang up and listen to your answer. Um, I have plants on my patio right now that I want to bring into the house for the winter. One is a hibiscus tree. How can I bug proof my plants so that I don't bring bugs into the house? And secondly, I have a bay tree which is covered with scale. Is there any way to save it? And I'll hang up and listen to your answer. Thanks. Right, thank, thank you, Susan. Sure, good question. Yeah, She's thinking ahead. I like that. I mean, I didn't want her to say the W word, but... Yeah, the, well, nobody wants to hear that. it's pending soon enough. But anyway, uh, yeah, hydrangeas are actually... Or hydrangeas, hibiscus. You got hydrangeas actually, on the brain. I, I do have hydrangeas on the brain. Uh, hibiscus, tropical hibiscus, are actually quite easy to overwinter indoors. But you are absolutely so smart oh, to yeah. be thinking about getting rid of the piggybacking bugs before you bring it indoors. Um, I always recommend using a sharp stream of water to um, knock any, you know, dislodge any pest, use along all the stems, the trunk, the branches, the, the leaves, upper and lower surfaces, any of the buds. That will dislodge a lot of the soft-bodied insects like mealybugs and aphids. Um, if you have things like scale, they're a little bit harder to dislodge from there. So in that case, I would carefully inspect the plant. You can use um, isopropyl rubbing alcohol, and this you could do on your bay tree as well. So regular old rubbing alcohol from the pharmacy, put it on a cotton ball and actually physically wipe the scale insects, which look like little bumps along the stem, wipe that off of the plant. Um, and that's a good way to get rid of it, both before you overwinter the uh, hibiscus and then also on that bay plant as well. You know, for the uh, hibiscus, I always like to bring them into the sun porch for a little bit. Like a holding area. Yeah, halfway house. That's yeah. what I call it. <laughs> and how, for the bay Will she, I mean, she'll be able to control the scale. Will she ever be able to get rid of it? Scale is really tough. It's really tough because it's, especially if it's a hard scale, it has that protective hard outer coating, which makes it really challenging to get rid of, even with something like a horticultural oil. But you'll still be able to grow the bay plant. You're just going to always, not always, but... Yeah, every couple of months. Every couple of months, you're probably going to have to take the rubbing alcohol and wipe it off of the stems and the leaves. Like that's kind of just the way it goes when you have a scale infestation. Um, I'd never recommend, especially you know, bay, which is an edible plant, right? It's talking about a bay laurel. You never want to use like a systemic pesticide or anything like that because it's carried in the tissues of the plant. So we definitely don't want to do that. Um, With that hibiscus, I still have (laughs) hydrangea on the mind. With the hibiscus as well. Keep a very close eye on it through the winter because if you do normally outside, I wouldn't worry about a couple of aphids getting on the plant. But if you have a couple indoors, there's no natural predators there for them. They will flourish and there will be many aphids very quickly. So keep a a close eye out um, for them and definitely cut back on your watering because you don't want to be promoting any new growth once that plant is indoors because that new growth is really welcoming to pests. All right, next call is Steve from North for Sales for Doug and Jess on KDK Radio. Hey, Steve. Hey, good morning. Um, I have this plant, and I thought it was uh, it was supposed to be a cucumber plant. It looks just like a cucumber plant as far as the vining and the leaves. 
but the fruit that it's producing, I guess it's a, some kind of squash. I just want to know if you could tell me what kind of squash. It's like hourglass shaped. Oh, I wonder if it's a butternut, like a butternut squash. Was it like a plant you got from the greenhouse? Is that how this was? And it was labeled cucumber? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. What color are those hourglass shaped? They're green still, like a, with, a, with a slight, like, lighter white or lighter green. All right, so it actually white. might be a bottle gourd. It's either a bottle gourd or a honey nut squash. Yeah, you know what? When I'm thinking of the foliage, I'm thinking gourd. Yeah. Yeah. They edible. Well, young bottleneck gourds are actually edible, and they're really quite delicious. Let me ask you this. What color are the flowers? They were white. Yeah, so it's a mm-hmm. bottleneck gourd. Bottleneck gourds have white flowers, whereas squash and cucumbers have yellow flowers. So that's one right. very easy way to tell the difference. So bottleneck gourds are often used as crafting, like people make birdhouses of them. But the surprising thing you just, is... It's just, a, Steve is so excited. It's cra- its crafting. They, But no, here's the thing. <laughs> we in North America use them as crafting. But the young fruits, if they're picked young when they're like uh, as big as your hand, right? They're... It's super tasty. They're really t- Nikki eats them. Well, wait a minute, in- wait a minute, Steve. What are you gonna make out of them? His, you can his, use them like a squash. His mind is 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 oh, just turning. He's gonna turn it into oh, a birdhouse, Doug. into a such a smart. Yeah, I have no. These are already like five, six inches tall. Oh yeah, there's there's a bunch of them. Okay. But if they put on any little ones, how do you eat them? If you haven't, if there's little ones, you can eat them like you would eat a young zucchini, or you would eat a young crookneck squash. <laughs> um, you can you know roast them, fry them slice them and put them on the grill there you put them in soups and stews they're really tasty but at this point you're better off letting them fully mature and then yeah you yeah can send, send us a picture of your beautifully painted uh, birdhouse <laughs> all right thanks thanks guys. steve all right bye. bye all right stay with us folks lots more to come with doug and jess congratulations to paul in cannonsburg doug and jessica teach you how to keep it green the Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. Time for Mrs. Know-It-All. That's Denise Schreiber. She's a grower, horticulturist, and our garden goddess. Denise, how are you this morning? Ah, good. So I got a couple things to say. So the gentleman who called about, actually we had several callers about hydrangeas. So um, he said the one hydrangea is a little bit lower in the landscape, and I'm wondering if... Um, with all the rain that we've had, it's washed soil over the roots a little bit more. And a lot of times when that happens, it can either reduce blooming or eliminate it because the roots are actually getting smothered. So he may want to go down and take a look at that, maybe pull some of the soil away or some of the mulch maybe, and see if that helps. Um, that's always an issue there. And then we had the lady that's smart enough to know that she's going to have problems if she brings in her plants, you know, um, before making sure they're okay. So the bay laurel plant, I look at it this way. Once you have scale, it is impossible to get rid of. Um, I, I really say harvest what you can of the leaves because they, they dry, like, instantly. And, you know, just get a new plant next year rather than bringing trouble into the house. It's sort of like bringing the home invader into your home. <laughs> yeah, really and truly. Now, with her hibiscus, I, I get this question all the time. Um, so when you're bringing the hibiscus in, I really like the idea of, you know, hitting it with a hose, knocking, you know, anybody off. But when she brings it in, she needs to 
pe- people think plants need to be as warm as we do during the winter, and they don't. So if she has a room that she can keep cool, like down to like 55 degrees, if at all possible, maybe a spare room that has good light, that's the place to actually put it. And I know people bring them in and they're like, oh, my plant's blooming. It's so happy. It's like, no, you've got to pull those blossoms off. This is not the time of year for the plant to be blooming. And that is a a really important thing to keep in mind that we want the plant to not be actively growing at the time that it's supposed to sort of be dormant naturally. So the cool room is a great idea. I put mine in the garage for a winter, the winter. It's an attached garage, doesn't get below freezing and they do just fine in there. So keeping it cool. I know this is wrong, but. Oh, what? If they flower inside. (laughs) You just let it go? Yeah, I love it. (laughs) It's wrong though. Don't do it. Let's you do to, a lot of things wrong. Well, I'm just saying. I know. Let's <laughs> get a good career doing it that way. <laughs> Steve in McKeesport for Doug and Jess on the Organic Gardeners. Hey, Steve. Good morning, all. Um, I'm having a problem with brown rot on my peach trees. Oh. I have two peach trees, and one of them, you know, the, the rot was evident on it last year. And this year, uh, the the second one that didn't have it last year, now, you know, I can now see it on there. And, I, I, you know, I've sprayed the tree, you know, I normally spray the trees with neem oil and, you know, I clean up everything and, you know, keep them airy and pruned, but I don't know what to do now. Yeah, this is a tough year for fungal diseases and, uh, you know, uh, brown rot on peaches is so prevalent Mm. in years of wet weather for sure. Um, While neem does have some fungicidal properties, it's really not the Mm -hmm. best thing to be using to control fungus on fruit trees. Um, Okay. You know, you're doing the right thing. You have to, when you say cleaning up, that is that is of the utmost importance with peaches. You have to pick off any of those, we call them fruit mummies, which are sort of the shriveled up brown mummies of the dead peaches. Those all have to be plucked off of the trees and off of the ground because they're actually just like a giant ball of spores. And what about foliage? That will inoculate next year. You really should clean up the foliage at the end of the season too. That's a little bit more challenging. It's more important to get those dried up mummies of the fruit out of there. Um, For me, I like to use the fungicides based on uh, Bacillus subtilis and the brand name that I like is one called Serenade. Uh, It's widely available. It's an organic fungicide and it works great against brown rot. You have to follow label directions. And when do you start that? And you start it very early in the, in the spring, like when the, when at petal drop is the first application of it. So it is, uh, it is effective, but you have to do it according to label instructions. Okay, I had read, I had read uh, something that basically said if you get it two years in a row, you know, <clears throat> cut them down and start over again, and I didn't no. want to do that. Yeah, no, I definitely no, wouldn't no, do that. No. Yeah, definitely don't, because yeah. it takes peach trees a number of years before they even begin to produce in the first place. So You start with the fungicide early in the season and, and keep up with it, though, Jess. That's right. important. It is super important, yeah. and of course, we want to avoid using any synthetic chemical-based fungicides because they are extremely damaging to pollinators and um, soil microorganisms and potentially humans as well. So that's why that serenade is actually a great product for, and it works great for brown rot on um, grapes too. If you grow, if you're a grape grower and you have that same issue, excellent choice for that. And Steve, we always say peaches will break your heart and they do. And it's so sad, isn't it? When they're on there and they're looking so good. And then we have time, Rob. All right, Brad, what's going on? 
Hey, first off, I have a new name for Jessica. Mrs. Know-it-all number two. <laughs> She's Mrs. Know-it-all number one in my book. No offense, Denise. Another thing, my hydrangea is beautiful. It's, it's bloomed every year for six or seven years now we've had it. It looked like a big white snowball bush. <laughs> great, great. That, I wonder if you have the Annabelle that Doug and I love so much. That's such a reliable bloomer. Might be. It's really beautiful. And it gets pink when it's getting done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, a deterrent for the animals. Uh, my son-in-law stakes, uh, puts little stakes around different places, strategic places in the garden, and he soaks it with cologne. And there isn't anything bothers our garden, not even bears. Is it a particular and, brand of cologne? No, it's just any kind of cologne. They just don't like it. That, mm. that, that chews them away. And we believe me, we have animals who Four deer right in my backyard yesterday morning, about six, uh, about 25 feet in my back porch. And uh, there, there's lots of animals around here. Skunks, groundhogs, squirrels, whatever you, <laughs> there is. Wow. There is. <laughs> Rob, can we borrow some of your high karate? But if you see an animal, but if you see an animal that's well groomed, then you might, yeah, then you might have an issue. Old Spice, yeah. <laughs> Old you know, Spice. That's interesting. That's I've a never good heard, one. That's a good I've idea. Never heard saw, of that before. When that's I saw awesome. you look at Doug and go, hmm, I hmm. went, he's a Brad's onto something. That's, I think he is onto something. That's, that's actually a good idea. That's interesting. I might have to try. You know, people talk about like the Irish Spring soap, mm-hmm. putting that around. I I have success with that for like you know a day or two, yeah. and then it it stops working they get used to it but the cologne thing could be really interesting and there's some really good and some really bad cologne out there so i oh, wonder if there's like yeah a te- we could do a test oh like, you boy know. that's a that's a blog post if i ever heard one <laughs> <laughs> thank you brad that's a great that idea interesting that you're gonna smell that out yeah, in your the, garden all the time uh, if it keeps the squirrels off my tomatoes it I'll, be I'll, worth I'll, it. I'll take it <laughs> remember the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden and a safer place to live all right good stuff thanks guys we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 